0: we mm-hmm. Hello there again. Welcome into Pee Witty's World. Today is Monday, October 9th. You're getting a uh, fall break edition of Pee Witty's World. Don't forget to check in to all the uh, social media outlets, including Facebook, X, and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give me a follow. Help spread the word. Also, if you are so inclined, a nice five star review on Spotify or iTunes is much appreciated. Uh, I did read one of the uh, reviews today, much appreciated, from a a good friend that uh, checked in on that. And I think the thing I liked most about that review is he said, uh, the show is thought-provoking even if uh, Pee Witty isn't always right. And I I, I want to highlight that. Like, I'm not always right. My opinions are my own. Uh, I'm not sitting here telling you that uh, it's the end-all be-all by any means. I do try and deal in facts, but hopefully at some point if you disagree with anything I said or if it's, uh, you know, not pleasing to you, you are taking that into account because as Malcolm Gladwell once said, you know you need to uh, find people around you that disagree with you in order for us to reach compromise. So those are kind of some of the things I will touch on today. We got the conflict in Israel. Um, I want to talk about uh, the Franklin mayoral election, talk about a fundraising dinner. I went to... Uh, last Tuesday that had some very uh, interesting commentary and thoughts that uh, provoked uh, some opinions from myself. And I also continue to harp on the uh, emergence, hopefully, of third-party candidates as we get a little bit closer to the election. But first of all, I do want to touch on the situation in Israel. I don't know how many of you are keeping up with that, but the things you see that are posted on social media are just kind of off the charts, uh, innocent women and children being captured, in some cases being murdered, being held hostage. Uh, It is really unbelievable to watch some of these things unfold. So I'm going to touch on that here in a second. But, you know, as I was getting ready to prepare this episode, I thought there's probably a lot of listeners, particularly uh, my high school students or recent high school graduates that might not really have much of a concept of why there is so much tension in Israel, and it really goes back all the way to the beginning of the 19th century, and, and heated up right after World War II, when the United Nations sought to basically separate uh, Israel and uh, Palestine, where they divided up the British mandate into Arab and Jewish states, essentially creating Israel, sparking a war, uh, followed by a few years later the the Six Year War. It's it's essentially broken up into three different segments now. You've got uh, the state of Israel. You've got uh, Gaza, and you've also got the West Bank of the Jordan River. Uh, West Bank and Gaza are essentially Palestinian uh, territories, and then Israel is obviously Israel. You had the Yom Kippur War, which is almost 50 years to the day of this most recent attack. You got the Oslo Accords, Oslo II. You've just had all this tension for years and years and years, and, and typically America has been backing the Israeli state. And I think there's a solid argument to be made for that. I'll touch on that here in a second. Uh, President Trump did inflame the situation a little bit by moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv back in 2018. And Hamas has been in control of the Gaza Strip. And Hamas is a terrorist organization. And they are the ones that have essentially uh, started up this conflict yet again. And like I said earlier, some of the stuff you see on social media is just absolutely terrifying. And I think there's a valid concern that uh, some of these incidents could spill into other aspects of everyday life, potentially terrorist attacks here at home, something we really haven't had to worry about uh, within the past decade. Uh, you know, after 9 11, there was always a lot of tension being concerned about terrorist attacks. I'm not saying I think they will happen here, but I think the issue at hand here is you are dealing. With groups, I'm not saying Israel is not at any fault in these situations, but you're dealing with terrorist organizations, particularly in this case Hamas and Hezbollah, that are uh, very uh, concerned. Maybe concerned is not the right word, but they spew out significant amounts of hatred and are essentially willing to die for their cause. Uh, And it just comes back to the concept of you cannot reason... With hate. And there's a lot of finger pointing going on here. The United States uh, recently has helped facilitate funding to Iran. Why in the world, regardless of political affiliation, Republican, Democrat, whatever, are we giving money to countries that we absolutely cannot trust? And that at the end of the day, there's a solid segment of Iranians that probably would like nothing more than to see the U.S. uh, enter into some kind of demise. I don't understand why we uh, support any type of government that has any ties to terrorist organizations, whether that is Iran, whether that is other countries in the Middle East. That makes zero sense to me, and I think it is poor policy, and, um, you know, there's going to be a lot to come out of this. Obviously, Republican candidates are pointing at this $6 billion that we just sent Iran and say that that money is in some way being funneled to help uh, these terrorist organizations carry out crimes of hate. And I don't think we should be involving ourselves at all with Iran in terms of their uh, helping them finance anything. I think it would be incredibly. Uh, dangerous to allow countries like Iran to continue to develop nuclear weapons because I don't think they care about using them. And what would we possibly do if Iran just started firing missiles, nuclear missiles at Israel? We are going to have to have some realm of attack. And Hamas has taken advantage of a situation going on in Israel over the past weeks, months regarding their judicial branch. There's been significant protests in Israel regarding the power of the legislature, the power of the judicial branch. They've looked into changing aspects of how their judicial branch works, because their judicial branch works vastly different than the one here in the United States. It is independent, essentially, of the other branches of government, and some people felt it has had too much power. You have protests on both sides. Israel was clearly distracted. Uh, It seemed like a prime time for Hamas to attack. And they did. And now you have probably the most serious conflict we've had in the past 50 years in Israel, in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, I just pray that, uh, the carnage stops. No one wants innocent people, whether they are Palestinians or, uh, Israelis to die. I think that is a solid stance to have on that. If you disagree, well, that's fine. But, uh, you know, no one wants innocent people to be killed. It's a very unfortunate situation, and I think this is going to carry on for uh, several weeks. I do know the Israeli military is pretty strong considering the size of that country, and I don't think they are going to uh, back down in any regard, and this thing is going to continue to escalate uh, until there is some kind of diplomatic solution that is reached. So that is kind of just my thoughts there. Uh, Last week particularly, I think it was Thursday, I kind of just got to a boiling point or frustration about politics here. Now, you have heard me uh, consistently talk about how at some point we need to move away from our two-party system. I think the time is definitely right for us to get away from it because we have a significant segment of Americans, even going on the record, this was on Meet the Press yesterday, uh, that are just really unhappy with what they perceive to be our upcoming choices. And you know, let's honestly look at the assessment of where things are. First of all, in the House of Representatives, you have the first time in history where we have voted to vacate the current speaker, eliminate uh, that speaker's position, and try and elect somebody else. Unprecedented moment in the House of Representatives. Very bad look, in my opinion, for the Republican Party as we are roughly 13 months out from an election. Republican officials say, you know, we need unity within the party, and nothing shows disunity more than eight Republicans flipping just to oust the Speaker of the House. Now, I do think there were some valid concerns brought up by both sides of this group and this conflict, and I do think spending has gotten out of hand. We are approaching a $7 trillion budget of spending while bringing in considerably less revenue than that. That eventually is going to get passed on to the American taxpayer. It will increase inflation. Which is already out of hand. I continually go to the grocery store and buy products that don't, that aren't staying stagnant in terms of price. They continue to go up. Just uh, I buy this one box of cereal every week, and just within the past week, that price has risen a dollar. Uh, having a daughter that is a senior in high school, getting ready to go off to college, costs her adding up. And everywhere you turn, it seems like things are becoming more expensive. You go out to restaurants. Uh, you know, you take uh, take three people out to a restaurant. Uh, that was maybe forty dollars several months ago. Now you're looking at an influx of sixty to seventy. Uh, gas continues to be extremely high. I paid three twenty a gallon uh, the other day. That is that is way too high. Everything you look at is continuing to go up. We had massive inflation. Uh, reaching 9% last June. Uh, We had a 3% increase in the latest uh, projections out there, and it just doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Crime continues to go in the uptick. Now, you can cherry-pick statistics and say that crime in 2023 is down from recent years. Well, yeah, but it was at an all-time high in 2020. Uh, We have a border crisis where over 6 million people have entered the United States illegally, and you even have President Biden reversing course on the border wall and trying to throw out um, environmental concerns to build that wall because it's becoming a major problem. And if there's going to be tension in the excuse me in the Middle East and we have potential terrorists entering our country, what better way to enter it than through the southern border? I think that's been a wake up call for everybody in terms of how many people are entering. I don't care if immigrants want to come into this country. I think it's great, honestly. I think our economy depends on it. But with that being said, we have to have some concept of who is entering our country. We need to know, we need to vet people that enter and make sure that we are not allowing any types of criminals or bad types to come into the country. Uh, I would be all for temporary worker program. Any way where we can bring in workers that are going to help keep our economy strong, but also we need to be able to generate tax revenue off these people coming to our country. They shouldn't be able to come in and get a free ride. They shouldn't be able to bring their kids into our school systems and overcrowd school systems in certain states without us getting any kind of tax benefit. I think that's a very fair middle-of-the-road argument. And I'm getting to the point, I told my classes this the other day, where I think if you're on the far right or the far left, I'm kind of just really done with, with your opinions. Because that is not going to accomplish anything. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we need to start having conversations with people that disagree with us. Because honestly, some of the most enlightening and education most educational experiences I've had have been hearing opinions of other people that are willing to be authentic, willing to lay it out there, And are intelligent because it helps me take any opinion I have and grounds it more into the center. And I'll just give you an example. Uh, If you're on the far left and you think we should eliminate all guns in the United States, I respect your opinion. You are more than welcome to have that. But if we are being really honest with ourselves, that is not a feasible outcome to our current gun situation, our current gun problem in the United States nor is just allowing everybody to own any kind of firearms they want without a license, without any concept of who has them, some of them automatic weapons. The reality is any progress that's going to be made is going to be a more centric view. We're not just going to eliminate all guns, so why do we not try and move closer to the middle and uh, enact red flag laws? Pour more money into healthcare, uh, and uh, mental health awareness. Uh, pour more money into making sure that we eliminate automatic weapons. I don't think automatic weapons are necessary. I don't also don't think that we should just eliminate guns. People want to hunt. Some people do need handguns or certain guns for protection. I think that's that's fair. But the reality is, progress is going to be found somewhere in the middle, and that is something that I continue to uh, promote. And I think the time is right for us to start promoting candidates that are willing to compromise and meet us in the middle. And I will continue to hit on that as much as I can. Quick update on the Franklin mayoral race. I saw last week that uh, early voting for the first several days was up over 300%. Obviously, people are paying attention to this race between Ken Moore and Gabrielle Hansen. I have made it very clear that I think Gabrielle Hansen is nuts. Uh, She had they had a forum last week where a white supremacy group showed up. She denied that they were there for her, said she denounced white supremacy. Uh, Then you have people coming out from that group saying they were asked to be there for protection. She follows up with saying she has a bodyguard. First of all, why do we have why are we having candidates that have bodyguards in the Franklin mayoral election? And I'm still pretty confused as to what her actual platform is. She is sitting here attacking the record of uh, Mayor Ken Moore. Uh, And I'm really, I've lived here for 18 years now. And I really don't know what kind of record you're attacking. Because I think Franklin is one of the finest places to live in the United States. I've lived in a variety of places. Some really crappy, Memphis. Uh, Some that are pretty beautiful but have their own issues, Malibu. And now I've lived here. And uh, I think Franklin is kind of the best of all the worlds. A smaller town feel, uh, a very successful school system, a successful economy. Traffic isn't great. Obviously, we should do a little bit better job in facilitating that. I think growth is getting a little bit out of hand. But these are also issues that our current mayor, Ken Moore, is well aware of. And I'm sure he's doing what he can to fight those things. But I don't see any... uh, you know, upside to electing or giving even much of a forum to somebody like Gabrielle Hanson, who has just got uh, all kinds of issues really across the board. That's how that is playing out. I plan on voting either today or tomorrow. Uh, I can get away since we're on fall break here. So uh, looking forward to voting in my first Franklin mayor election ever, because as most of us know, Local politics usually have very, very low voter turnouts, but I think this one is going to be record-breaking because of the candidates we have in this election, and nothing motivates uh, a a voter base more than crazy. Now, the last thing I'd like to talk about last Tuesday night, I was fortunate enough to go to a Stars Club uh, fundraiser. That's a local basketball organization. Many Williamson County kids play for that. It is faith-based, but uh, it was a really good night, a lot of fun. Jimmy Dykes, who is an ESPN commentator, was there, and he, a uh, spiritual guy, talked a lot about uh, how you should um, you know, make sure that you are spiritual along your way, and also talked about just finding things you are passionate about, if you want to introduce something in your life, and, and it kind of resonated with some things I talked about with the 240 minutes a day, and I asked my team this a few days ago, I asked them, what is the significance of 14 minutes a day, because it's what Jimmy Dykes brought up in his speech. And none of them really knew. 14 minutes a day is 1% of your day. So if you were trying to find a better relationship spiritually, then it is clearly all, all he was asking is spend 14 minutes a day. If you want to be a better reader, spend 14 minutes a day reading. If you want to proceed in some, learning some kind of skill and get good at that, 14 minutes a day. I, I often hear people tell me, I really don't have time to do all this. But if you are really passionate about something and you're wanting to improve on it and you're wanting to establish that relationship, whatever it is, honestly, 14 minutes a day makes a lot of sense to me. So as I kind of go through my daily habit tracker of what I'm looking at, I sit and evaluate these things and you know, I'm saying, what is a priority for me? How am I trying to improve as a person? And I'm really trying to focus in on this 14 minutes a day in a variety of areas. Uh, like I told my students, I got about fifteen things on this habit tracker that I want to hit each day. If I've had a really good day, I will probably hit eight to nine of them. It's not a foolproof system. But I thought his message was really good. And I, I really am encouraging uh, you know my students as we try to uh, I try to bring in things outside of the normal academic curriculum to them when I am trying to uh, motivate them is I challenge them. I was like, you know, tell me what you're passionate about. And tell me how you can spend 14 minutes a day doing that. He went on to say a lot of other things, talked about forgiveness and some other areas of uh, spiritual life that, quite frankly, I just struggle with. But it is what it is on that point. I'm not going to get too deep into that because we're getting close to that 20 minute threshold here. But uh, appreciate you guys checking in with uh, checking this out today. Uh, once again. Make sure you're going to all the social media outlets. And I continue to have people ask me, like, how can I help spread the word? I really enjoy what you're doing. First of all, thank you so much. That's incredibly flattering. I can't believe that anybody listens to this outside of my parents. Much appreciated. But with that being said, you can share it on social media. Uh, You can repost it on X. You know, uh, put it on your story on on Instagram. uh, Share it on your Facebook feed. Whatever you have to do on all the social media outlets. Witty's world Uh, appreciate you guys as always really don't know what the schedule is looking like this week gonna be spending some time with my kids potentially going to visit my grandmother in missouri who shout out just turned 99 uh last week Uh, she still drives she's still one of the sharper human beings uh that i know uh very uh just very impressive person all the way around, but uh, don't really know what the week is going to look like. It's, uh, It's somewhat flexible. So hopefully I'll have some time maybe to put out a few more episodes. Do want to have an episode on mentorship, which will be kind of a step away from some of the stuff I'm doing, but hopefully you guys will enjoy that. But once again, thanks as always for listening. Hope to see you soon and stay out of trouble.